we have to be mindful of what we're putting in our brains to inform our tastes. Um, there's so much out there and we could even overfeed ourselves, but the more obscure you get with your interests and your references, the more original your ideas will be. And I think that now is, it's an opportunity for us to, to get lost a little bit into some really great weird stuff and then come out with more really great weird stuff. Yeah. So I'd love to see like a portfolio revolution come out of this. Welcome to Overshare, a show where I interview creatives I admire about the struggles of being a creative professional. I'm your host, Justin Genak, and I'm also the co-founder and CEO of Working Networking. Now, if this is your first time listening and you don't know what the hell Working Networking is, we are an obsessively curated community of the best creatives in the universe. And that's not hyperbole. It's for real. The best people on the planet are on Working Networking. And companies like Squarespace, Widening Kennedy, Droga5, Apple, Google, Facebook, Nike, Spotify, all use Working Networking to hire freelance and full-time creatives. Now, if you consider yourself one of the best creatives in the industry or you're on your way there, we would love to have you join us. And if you like to hire the best creative talent and aspire to make world-changing, culture-shifting work, please join us at WorkingNotWorking.com. And I'm guessing if you're listening to this episode, you probably fall into one of those two categories because this is our recruiter roundtable. And we've been hearing tons of questions over the past two months from our community, wondering what the hell's going on? Where is the work? What do I do to best position my work myself to get that work when it starts to come back? And we wanted to bring a couple of the experts into the room. So I'm really honored uh, to be joined today by Chloe Harlick, our senior recru- creative recruiter at Squarespace, and Lauren Ranke, who's the director of talent for creative at Wyden & Kennedy. Uh, this conversation is going to benefit a lot of people, creatives of all levels and ages and years of experience, and also fellow recruiters who are looking to see how a couple of the best are dealing with this moment. So please, please, please uh, enjoy my conversation with Lauren and Chloe. Uh, well, I want to welcome everybody uh, to our recruiter roundtable. I'm excited. We, uh, you know, a lot of questions have been coming up over the past two months, and definitely we found the best way to deal with the uncertainties to talk through it. There's been a lot of questions from the working on working community about like where are the jobs, what should we be doing to position themselves for them, and how do we best set ourselves up for what's next. So we figured we'd bring in some friends to help answer those. So welcome to our guests, Lauren Ranke and Chloe Harlick. Round of applause for everyone. Hi, hello. Hello. hi Chloe. Hi, Justin. I feel hi. so hi, happy to be here with you guys. This is me too. Awesome. It is an honor. Hey, uh, thanks. Well, uh, and also for everyone who's watching, I know a lot of people at RCP weren't able to get in. Uh, we're recording this for a bonus episode for our podcast, Overshare, uh, which will be out on Monday, May 18th. So you'll be able to listen to this and share it with your your coworkers and your friends as well. So uh, first of all, Lauren, Chloe, how are you doing? Um, I'm doing okay, I think. Um, you know, every day is a little different. Um, for the most part, I feel pretty lucky. I have a good work from home setup. Um, my husband has a music studio in Outback and I have an office in our house and, and we don't have kids. So I have, you know, more free time. And so in that regard, I feel lucky, but I do find that, you know, reading the news can, can be hard. Like I have to really monitor like how much I take in because I will definitely fall off that cliff and start to feel the existential dread. So got to watch that, but for Uh the most part doing okay. That's great. Definitely. I, I echo some of that. I'm, I'm doing all right, you know, taking things day by day. Um, I am actually on the West Coast. I've been here for about two months now and I'm healthy. My family and friends are healthy for the most part, which is all we can kind of ask for right now. I similarly, Lauren, feel very lucky um, just in general to have good health. And I have an all right work from home set up. I, I have a monitor up and going, which is a game changer. Um, but I am missing New York and I'm missing normal life and, you know, trying to walk that balance between, you know, should I be really productive right now and learn a new language or do something new? Or (laughs) is it okay just to sit on the couch and watch all three seasons of Narcos? Um, so that's, that's where my head's at, (laughs) taking things day by day. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Uh, and how, how are things at work? Have have things slowed down at all or or is it, uh, business as usual for you, for you guys? How about you, Chloe? Yeah, you know, things have definitely not slowed down. And um, we are very fortunate right now at Squarespace to still be hiring um, in, in terms of our recruiting and hiring efforts. Nothing has slowed down, actually. And it, it feels weird when so many of our friends and 
peers have um, you know not necessarily experienced that that same luck right now. We are in a position right now at Squarespace where you know we are just so excited and and happy to be able to help our customers and the community during this time. And ultimately, we are here to empower people with creative ideas to succeed. And seeing that mission, I think, play out now more than ever, and how so many of our brick and mortar customers have had to transition to commerce offerings or using some of our other products that they didn't necessarily think about to um, encompass these new social distance regulations. It's been pretty incredible to see that pivot happening and um, how we're able to help during this insane time of need and unprecedented circumstances across the board. So um, that's just a quick snippet. But things are going well for us right now. Again, we feel very lucky and fortunate um, to still be moving forward and ultimately hiring still. Yeah, that's great. How about you, Lauren? Are things... uh... Yeah, um, so... Hiring is shifting a bit and, Mm -hmm. you know, we're definitely like, we're not immune to what's going on. Um, So we're just trying to put a lot of precautionary measures into place. And so we're, you know, we're not hiring as much. Um, The work itself has not slowed down. um, So that makes for a challenging environment. Um, Our, our teams are super busy and I feel like, um, so we're just trying to walk that balance. Like as an agency, you know, I think, we're used to being um, really affected by the business climate. And that is, you know, that's still the case for Widen. But um, overall, the work is still, you know, coming in. Lots of projects are coming in um, and our clients need our help. So, and and recruiting doesn't slow down. Like recruiting never stops. Um, The conversations shift, but it's, it's like a river. (laughs) It's like, you know, you can always dip in and have conversations with people that are coming to you. So. Yeah. And, and is it, you know, I know the first week of this or the first couple of weeks was like the, oh shit, what are we going to do? And it seemed like even from, you know, what we've been hearing, like from a client perspective, you know, like, oh, we don't know if we should be advertising anything right now. We don't know if we should be having conversations or putting ourselves out there. What are the types of projects that, you know, without getting specifics that are you seeing now, are people willing to start to be out there again or have a voice or, or you know, how is that shifting a bit? I mean, our clients, like the briefs are still COVID related, um, Mm -hmm. which is, you know, I think can be challenging. It's like, how many ways can you talk about it? What's the right way to talk about it? Um, So, you know, for the most part, like that's, you know, top of mind for everyone is how to navigate this business climate. But for us, it's all about just finding the right way to, to come to the table and like be authentic and, um, you know, obviously like you know, have like a trustful relationship with, with the clients, with how to do this. So, yeah, I mean, it's honestly, it's like, I feel like day by day, everybody's just processing like the new world and a new reality. And, you know, I don't think that there's any like one size fits all for anything. So it's, it's it's pretty interesting. It's pretty yeah. amazing, actually. Well, and it seems yeah. like now is not the time to shrink. Like we have no. this this power of being storytellers and and being able to communicate and connect with people. And as creatives, it's like we should be putting that to use, whether it's you know to actually do something good for uh, the cause or just to provide some entertainment or distraction for people. Um, mm-hmm. We need Definitely. that so much. We we I think are thinking about things. Um, from from that perspective, certainly, but we, we ultimately are mm-hmm. our own client, right? We we don't have clients. Um, right. We're all part of the Squarespace in-house team, and our our in-house creative team creates all of our work. Um, we actually recently launched a creative campaign that it really is providing a platform for some of our customers who are using this time to kind of do good, or um, people who are creating products or you know, people making masks or other equipment or PPE materials, or just a, you know, curated guide of New York restaurants or um, restaurants in Chinatown, for instance, that mm. are still open during this time. We're um, really kind of elevating some of these customers and using our platform to um, showcase some of the work they're doing. So, you know, we, we don't think this is a time necessarily to tell our own story, but how some of our customers are able to use our product um, during, again, these unprecedented circumstances. Yeah, for sure. Um, by the way, I have this on my table right here. It's the Ad Age A list. Uh, congratulations to both of you. You're both at the tops. What in-house agency of the year for Squarespace? Thank you. 
And then thanks. widening guy agency of the year, right? Yeah, thanks. I mean, yeah. it. we talked about this before, but it, it feels weird to celebrate right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, totally. Um, you know, I mean, obviously, like, we're super honored. Um, and we just want to, like, do right by you know, that honor and just continue to do great work and let the creativity be our guide. Yeah. I, but, I echo all of that. Yeah. It does feel very strange to celebrate <laughs> awards during this time, but we are still honored um, to have mm-hmm. taken that home. And thank you, Justin. Yeah, yeah of course. And uh, uh, just because I know it's on a lot of people's minds, are there any roles that you're currently hiring for right now? Just so everyone watching could be like, know what's out there. Yeah, um, we have quite a few things open right now for the creative team. Specifically, I can just share a, a quick little preview. You can also check out squarespace.com slash careers <laughs> to see more info. But, you, um, you know, we're, we're looking for senior art director, um, senior copywriter, quite a few product designers, always everything product design, um, some motion designers, video editors. Um, there are a couple other things on our careers page, a couple so of brand designers, kind of across the board on both awesome. the brand and product side. Um, we have quite a few things open right now. Great. I know that'll make a lot of people happy. Uh, Lauren, do you guys have any roles that you're currently looking for or is it you know a little bit on pause right now? Yeah, we're pausing for the moment just to focus on internal talent. So, yeah. um, but we are pipelining creative and design yeah. for sure. Like, um, I think we're just, you know, being cautious right now. Um, yeah. So we don't have any specific openings, but I would say that the roles that we will probably be ramping up again first will likely be in creative and design, but um, the next few months will tell a lot. Yeah, of course. Uh, now we had a few hundred questions submitted from the people who RSVP'd for this. Um, and Amazing. our team went through a lot and like, organize them all. So thank you to Amanda and Alex for doing that for us. Um, so I'm just going to dive into some of these because I know this is top of mind for a lot of folks. Um, and this has been a question that we've heard a lot too. What is the best way to reach out to recruiters right now? You know, with more people applying to the roles, uh, should they change how they're reaching out to you? The I don't see million million dollar oh, question. Oh, yeah. Oh, totally. no, sorry. <laughs> sorry, Lauren, go ahead. Yeah, it is a million dollar question. I mean, look, I don't see any reason why people should necessarily change their goals and, you know, how they reach out. It's always just having, having that sort of like, you know, respect for like, you know, not doing it too frequently, you know, being, being really concise and being really intentional with, with when you reach out. But in general, like, you know, it's still good to engage and to hustle and to send your work and, and, and just say hello and say what you're up to and say what you've been doing. So, um, I don't, I don't foresee a need for that to shift that much. I would agree with that. I I also think, you know, I, I get a lot of questions around, should I email you? Should I LinkedIn message you? Should I DM you? Um, definitely no to the DMS, although I applaud the creativity, (laughs) you know, I I think more, you know, the the nature of our roles is very externally facing. And I actually try to keep some of my social media a little more private, not in a bad way, but people are DMing me all day. Mm -hmm. And I would prefer much prefer if people, um, reach out to me via professional channels, like, LinkedIn or email. Um, you know, I, I will add, and I think, um, you know, this is a question I get a lot around. I've emailed you a couple of times. I haven't heard back from you. I I really do personally make it a mission to get back to everyone. And right now, I mean, there's an overwhelming amount of of interest and I really am trying to make it my personal goal to get back to everyone. Um, because I know, you know, it's, it's a tough time for, for us all, but, um, just have a little extra patience during this time as the volume has just increased tenfold, if not more. Um, but continue to reach out, email, LinkedIn, working, not working, mm-hmm. um, the usual channels. Mm-hmm. Yep. Totally. Same page. I would agree with <laughs> all that. And do you see, uh, you know, for the, the, the roles that you are hiring and maybe will be hiring, do you see the shifting at all with like maybe going, leaning more towards freelance or, you know, versus full-time, do you see any for foresee any shift in that? Um, for us, like, I, I feel like we're going to do what we can to shore up our internal talent first. I think that the freelance will 
probably pulled back a little bit. Um, that said, it's pretty essential for us to be nimble to be able to tap into the freelance market. So it's it's going to continue to be an important tool for us. But um, you know, I do think that the internal staff is going to be the priority first. Like we're just yeah. looking to find ways to protect the people that we've invested in. So for sure. Well, I always like that. Hey, you've said that uh, freelance is the new interview. Yeah, it is. I mean, it's, yeah. it is a way to expose ourselves to new people and, you know, like that's still really valuable for us. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we, we actually don't use many freelancers at, at Squarespace. Um, our, our in-house creative team has been built out more recently in a way where yeah. we have, you know, a very robust conceptual team in-house and we, we used to work with quite a few freelancers and they're all amazing. And some of them I think are here. I've seen a few familiar names. Um, and Lauren, I, I totally hear you on that, that to be nimble, it is interesting to bring in new people. And we, we often do work with some, um, freelancers and capacities like motion design, editing, things like that. But, um, we actually haven't been using much freelance talent recently. And that is not related to, to COVID. It's right. just more how we've structured our in-house team. Yeah. Cause it seems like, a, like two, three years ago, it was like, you were using a lot of outsourced resources and freelancers we to were. do like your campaign work and all that. And it's like, now you guys, you know, really built that up. It's great. Yeah. Um, what's now, so how can you, if you have all these people reaching out, like how can a creative stand out? Like what grabs your attention and like, what should people make sure their portfolio includes these days? Yeah, I can, I can start this one off. Um, you know, I, I always say, and this is a question I, I get very often. I am more curious to see what you do in your, you know, five to nine, not necessarily the nine to five. And I think, you know, it's 2020. It's also, we're we're living in a digital age. There are so many resources um, and just opportunities for creatives to pursue side hustles outside of their craft and their actual skill set. And while it's important to have, you know, a refined skill set in your respective area, I I also want to see, you know, what excites you and motivates you outside of work, whether that's your random like ice skating, roller skating passion, or, you know, you're making knitted canine sweaters. Like there's so many opportunities and things out there. And, you know, this is more so I think geared towards junior level talent that take those passions and turn it into an actual piece for your portfolio, curate that into a campaign or a brand identity or a product that that you can then showcase um, to to someone like me or Lauren or the rest of our teams. Mm -hmm. That's, I think, geared maybe a little, again, more towards junior, junior level people, but, um, the, the side hustles I think is, is big also, um, for, for product designers and, you know, half of our creative team, if not more is, um, skewed on the product side. I, I want to see, you know, the documentation and your thinking of, of what got you to the finished product, not just that sexy, shiny, deliverable, that, that final, beautiful, polished piece. I want to see your, your thinking and your process. And that actually goes for people on the brand side too. Um, you know, not just the one finished piece of work, how, how you got there. Tell me a little bit more about the the brief that turned into 30 seconds, the 30 second spot or the team involved or what challenges you overcame. Um, that was a a bit of a long winded answer. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, but it's, it's it's super helpful because I think a lot of people just will throw up a JPEG and call it a day, but it's like anyone can make something look good. Um, it's totally. like we're here to solve problems and we don't know how your brains work. Totally. And, and then I also see five people with that same JPEG and I'm curious who, yeah. who did what, what their role and responsibility was. Um, yeah, I would, yeah. I would add that. <laughs> totally. Yeah. I mean, for us, it's like, I really want to see more original thinking. Like, I feel like there's, you know, I don't know, in some ways I feel like just before COVID, I started feeling like the work out there and the portfolios were a little bit safe and a little bit like too well behaved. (laughs) And I think that people right now have an opportunity to start digging really deep and, and forming new, like new approaches, like new ways of going after creative problems. Like, Um, you know, we talk a lot about side projects and, you know, personal work, elevate that. Like I've even started thinking side projects is, is something like, you know, it's kind of everything. It's the first thing we look at, but maybe we should just always call them from now on, like self-initiated work and even take Mm -hmm. that more seriously. Cause side projects almost make it seem like it's just this thing over here. Yeah. 
It is exactly. And like, part of me is like, it's kind of everything. Like, you know, what you do for you is, is how we figure out the raw material of your soul and your creative heart and what you're going to bring to the table. And I just like, you know, this matters now more than ever. And I don't know, I guess I'm just sort of like in this space where I want to double down on the importance of that raw creativity and, and, you know, for our emotional health, but also for our business, doing it for you, like really finding, um, that unique perspective and just really leaning in on that. And I also kind of think that like, we have to be mindful of what we're putting in our brains to inform our tastes. Um, there's so much out there and we could even overfeed ourselves, but the more obscure you get with your interests and your references, the more original your ideas will be. And I think that now is it's an opportunity for us to, to get lost a little bit into some really great weird stuff and then come out with more really great weird stuff. Yeah. So I'd love to see like a portfolio revolution come out of this. Like I would, I would also love that. (laughs) And you know, there, there was another question that I think I saw and maybe Justin, I'm um, jumping ahead here, but something around like, what can I be doing during this time to set myself up for success? And I think this is, maybe a transition from this previous question that, you know, use this time for, for good. And, you know, what, what I was saying, I think at the very beginning, I personally am having a hard time balancing, okay, well, should I be super productive, but should I also just sit on the couch and take in the world that's happening around us? And both, both of those are totally fine. And it's taken me almost two months now to realize that, um, during this quarantine period, but you know, is, is there a problem you can solve right now that, that does help the world? And if you, you know, maybe have been laid off, which I'm really sorry to hear that. And I know a lot of, there are a few people here who might be in that situation. Can you contact a local restaurant or bar or something around you that's struggling right now and create a beautiful brand identity for them or website or a, a campaign of some sort? And make it amazing and beautiful and thoughtful and put that in your portfolio. And, you know, I think Lauren, to your point, like this will be a revolution for portfolios in general. And I'm really excited to see the creativity that comes out of this isolation period. Yeah. And there's been so many people who have been like, you know, I don't know if it's too soon to reach out to people and all that stuff. And it's like, there are people who need your help. So just say, Hey, I am here to help. How can I help you? And it was already hard so hard to keep a business or like a restaurant or a bar in business before this. And if you have your favorite places, like do whatever you can to support them. And I've seen some great um, initiatives going on out there so far. And it's like, just, and I I could not advocate for personal or self-initiated work more. It's like, it's the reason I got all of my jobs. And I've been told that repeatedly, you Mm -hmm. know, they're like, you you packaged and sold garbage. Cool. We're hiring you. And, and it's like, and we I love can, that, Justin. Th- thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I just partnered with Squarespace doing the Oscar the Grouch <laughs> stuff, which is awesome. Uh, mm-hmm. that's, that was a surreal moment, but, and I think now the media is so desperate for good news, so desperate for good stories. So this is like the ripest time to be able to do mm-hmm. something good. And, and we need more of you in the world. Like whatever you have, we need that. We don't need you to carbon copy someone else's stuff or if something cool you saw and dribble and make another screen, you know, screenshot of that. It's like, we need to see how your weirdo brain works in a unique way and just put whatever out. Like it's exciting to you and in, in, in yeah. whatever you're, you're passionate about or curious about. It's like yeah, so there's, necessary. Um, there's a great book that just came out by the art critic. His name is Jerry Saltz, oh, S-A-L-T-Z. Yeah. It's called uh, How to Be an Artist. And mm. in, in it, he said, your talent is like a wild animal that needs to be fed. And I just <laughs> love that quote so much. I was like, that's so, great. so true. And, and you know, we are all processing so many emotions right now, like every day. And it's totally like, yes, there will be days where you sit on the couch. There will be days when you're just taking it in. But for me, I've noticed that being able to like toggle between – because. I do my own personal creative stuff too. Like sometimes I'll do that. Sometimes I'll do something boring. Sometimes I'll watch junk TV. Like it's just, you know, I think it's it's good to have those things to kind of bounce around. Yeah. So, uh, someone just said about my mic volume. Is this better? Oh I yeah. Tried to turn it off. Yeah. yeah that you sounds, can hear me a little bit. I guess better. I didn't great. realize it was low. <laughs> All right. Cool. I also did not realize. Okay. <laughs> Look at that. We got the, we got the chat on. We're getting some feedback. This is All good. These chats. Um, Love it. Well, I think that's <laughs> the thing. Like, how, how, how important is it? There's another question that came in. How important is it to have a social media presence and, you know, a branded, like branding yourself as a creative person? 
you know, I know a lot of people don't like to self-promote, but do you look to that now? Is that more important or is that completely irrelevant? I have a few strong feelings about this. And oh, actually, I, I, to hear I, what I, you have to say. I, I talk to my team about this um, oftentimes, actually, that, you know, if you are including, let's say, your Instagram in your portfolio, expect me to look at it. Like you, you are then putting it out there and expecting someone like me, Lauren, or our, our team to see it. Mm-hmm. And yeah. if you are doing that, it should be an extension of your portfolio to a certain extent. Um, you know, I don't need to see an, a beautifully curated Visco grid. That's not what I'm interested in. But if you, again, if you are presenting your social media as an extension of your portfolio, I, I would hope to see some thinking in there that um, tells me a little bit more about you. Um, I, I mentioned this before. I personally keep my social media private. That's just a preference. But also mm-hmm. on my portfolio, um, you know, I don't have my Instagram links because I don't want people. I it, it's private, you know. So if you are showcasing your social media externally, expect us to look at it. And again, I don't think there's a playbook to you know. It, it should be all beautifully curated white backgrounds with plants and you know everything that we see um nor does it need to be like super designy like if it's if it's you and your rawest form that's great too but just expect that we're gonna look at it um i i actually always look at people's (laughs) social media if it's linked in their portfolio i don't necessarily go out of my way to look someone up if they're in the process. That's not my style. Although yeah. I do use Instagram and other tools as a sourcing, as sourcing resources, um, and seeing you know who's doing the best work out there and using the powerful resource that Instagram is to to find the best talent. So you know that yeah. is kind of a twofold answer. I hope that's helpful. Yeah, well, I think a lot of people yeah. worry that they're going to get like. Only people with 50,000 followers are going to get hired now. Absolutely um, not. But, I don't but, care if you okay. have two followers yeah. and one is your mom. <laughs> no. Totally. Yeah, yeah. Like that, that doesn't matter at all. Like, I think what matters is the content itself. And if it's authentic to you and, you know, if your if your personal Instagram has a bunch of followers and, you know, it tells me something about you, then that's great. But, um, one thing I, I really appreciate is when people have idea driven um, social media exercises, like, uh, you know, even just like there's a creative out there, Brian Culp, he has like Culp's cocktails and all it is is pictures of cocktails. Nothing, you know, <laughs> it's, it's nothing complicated, but it's really great because I mean, it's more than just like three posts. It's like a mm-hmm. whole bunch of them and they're all like really beautiful. You know, like I just appreciate when people put a lot of effort into generating something that they're passionate about. Um, we've hired, you know, we've hired creatives because of those things at times. Like we have, um, one guy, his name is Azad and his Instagram is AZXD. And he does, um, he basically does really an incredible claymation and, you know, he also is a beautiful storyteller and he, um, is passionate about sports and athletes. And so it was just like the perfect, um, perfect Venn diagram of, of interest. So, so yeah, I mean, as a sourcing tool, it's an, it's an, it's definitely an outlet and an opportunity for people to explore, but don't do it if it's, you know, don't do it if it's not something that you're like genuinely passionate about. I think the most disappointing thing is when people are like, I had this great, you know, side project idea and you go and there's like three posts. Like make sure you really lean in it, lean into Mm -hmm. it and be prolific with it. Yeah. Well, and I think that you said something really important there is like, we want to see who you are and Mm -hmm. that's on your portfolio and that's on your social media. And the more you can show who you uniquely are, the better. And I think that's a lot of like, you look, we've all look in our line of work. We all look at thousands of portfolios and it's so amazing how people do the thing that they think they need to do. And isn't necessarily yeah. the thing that's them. Like whatever you fucking nerd out about for an hour <laughs> with your friends, mm-hmm. you should be putting that in your work, you know? And that's, that's the stuff. What is the thing that brings you life and energy and joy? That's what hot people who hire you want to know, because that's the things that resonate and you can't teach passion. You can't teach enthusiasm. hundred percent. Totally. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, uh, Chloe, I like that you said, you know, you have a lot of opinions about the social media thing. Um, is there anything else? Like, are there any pet peeves going on right now? with like either people's portfolios or the work in the portfolios or shit they say in emails, like anything that you're like, just please, please stop doing this. Um, I I automatically rule you out when you do this. 
No, I never rule anyone out for anything necessarily, but there, there are a couple of trends and Lauren, I'm, I'm curious to hear if you see some of this too. Um, a, a lot of people will send me their portfolios or, you know, send me a note with their link in their whole portfolio is password protected. Um, and you know, that, that does drive me a little insane because I have to get back mm-hmm. to them, you know, before I can even, um, look send at the their, yeah. totally, please send the password. And I, I totally get that some pieces of work need to be passed password protected, excuse me, for confidentiality purposes of the client or, or what have you, um, which is fine. Password protect those. And then, we, you know, if, yeah, we, if, get if it, you, we get it, Apple, we get it, we literally get it, Apple. Um, <laughs> but you know, if you are actually interested in going through a formal interview process, we are going to need to see some of that work. And, you know, we, we actually, I, I've been sending people like a mutual NDA, which is great mm-hmm. because then people feel more comfortable, but please send the, the password if you're going to send me a note. I also think, and this could be its whole other webinar, <laughs> um, actually around the, the title conversation, mm-hmm. which is one of the things I spend a lot of my time, I think, talking to candidates about. And, you know, the, the title structure at Squarespace specifically is very flat. We do not mimic an agency title structure. Lori and I, I also would love to hear your thoughts on this because I know the widened structure is a bit different than normal agencies too. Um, but you know, we we're very flat and titles represent that. And I see a lot of people reaching out to me um, being like, you know, I'm only interested in a creative director role. What do you have open? And you know, everyone could call themselves a creative director in some capacity. Oh it, yeah. it, it means it means one thing at, at one place and something else at, at an up at another place. Um, it's never apples to apples. And, um, you know, I, I think people need to be more open that it varies at every brand, every agency, every company has a different structure. So be open and explore the opportunity and what the actual scope of the role is. And oftentimes, you know, a senior level, a senior art director role at Squarespace maps to kind of an agency CD level role. Um, and the, the scope of the work very much mimics that too. So be open. Um, the, the title thing is, I think, becoming a huge area of conversation right now in the industry and well, one that even, I get asked yeah. every day. <laughs> well, we talked about it, that, like, I think last week internally, like, do we just get rid of titles on the site? Because, like, the title doesn't really matter. It's like, what can you actually do? And, um, and what and does he, your work show for? And, and yeah. it also came, yeah. I, I was just going to add one thing to that. It's like, it came out of someone, we struggle with, uh, connecting our identity and our validation so much to the work that we do. And uh, one of our members, Amelie Lamont, said about uh, we were on a call and she said she started saying, instead of I'm, I'm a designer, she says, I do design. Uh, I'm not yeah. a writer. I, I, I write, you know? And so it's mm-hmm. like uh, un, looking at yourself as a more full person than just the, the job title that you have. And I'm like, but it became so freeing to me just hearing that shift in mindset. And I was just wondering if there's something within the product that we could do to reflect that, but learn. Yeah. How about, how about for yeah, you? No, I mean, I, so widen is similar, I think, um, in a value system that Squarespace is in that we're pretty flat with our titling and we don't have ACDs. You're either creative or you're a creative director. Um, so, you know, but I think that people have grown used to that, but, I do think it's important um, for people to have flexibility, but at the same time, I mean, it's not like titles don't matter in the rest mm. of the world. So, you know, I I see them as context cues, and um, you know, for me, I want to look at the whole person, and I want to look at what's their journey been, like what are the breadcrumbs that they left behind on their LinkedIn, plus their portfolio, plus you know whatever emails we've had before and what other people know them, you know, so it's a little bit of this, like putting it together. But, um, I think the, you know, the overall takeaway in to Chloe's point is just be, be open that the context of what you were here may translate differently in a, in a different place. So, um, yeah, but, but it's, you know, you can't do away with them because like, you know, I think that, well, I mean, who knows now the whole world is being like redefined, but at the same time, like, I think that people work really hard to have a trajectory in their career and that's how like the normal business world works too. So, you know, we have to understand that as well. Right. Definitely. And, and I fair. also think in, in advertising self-promotion is bigger than any other industry and building your brand. It's, it's very important. Um, and, and I get that. And I, I often tell people I hire, you know, call yourself whatever you want to call yourself on LinkedIn, call yourself CCO, call yourself creative. I, 
I mean, don't call yourself CCO because David Lee, our CCO, would, would not necessarily like that. But, um, you know, call yourself whatever you need to call yourself to, to make you feel good. But you should be joining our team for the opportunity and not the title. And we have a very robust and rigorous interview and hiring process that ultimately, you know, places the right person with the right role for their background experience. I'm also not here to look at the year you graduated. I think years of experience are relative and I don't necessarily care about that. But you know, we we go to great lengths to match people to the right roles for for them and their experience. So again, be open, I think is the last thing I could say to sum everything up. Mm-hmm. Now speaking of interviewing, what's the best way like interviewing has gotten weird now? Uh, doing it all virtually. Do you have any advice for people what, what you'd like to see when you interview with them? And like company culture is so important. Like how do you gauge if someone would be a good fit now when you can't actually meet them in person? Yeah, it's it's going to be interesting. I mean, I do think that remote interviewing is probably going to be increased more. Um, you know, for us, like it's interviewing is a big culture fit thing. You know, we want to know that you're, um, that you're real, that you, you know, are bringing your whole heart to the table and that you're going to be somebody that we want to spend time with. Um, you know, in terms of interview tips though, like I do think that people like need to be careful, like in this, in this environment to like, you know, when you're zoom interviewing, like make sure that you're professional as if you're in like a normal interview situation. I think that the boundaries <laughs> are starting down to fall. in your bed. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Just at least like, sit up in your bed. It's okay if you're in your bedroom, <laughs> but just sit up in your bed. Exactly. Or have a background. Yeah. You don't have to wear pants. I mean, we won't know. You don't have to wear pants. (laughs) You don't have to. We all know that now. No, but I mean, you know, for us, it's just like be yourself. Like we just need to like connect, like really connect as humans because at the end of the day, that's what this is, is like, you know, our commodity is creativity and what we care about is creativity. So we just want to like get to the heart and soul of who you are. And so Mm. find ways to get over whatever you need to get over. That's going to get in the way of that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that you, when you're interviewing, you can be just real, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You want to know who they are, <laughs> who they actually are. It's like, uh, it's great how important authenticity and vulnerability is now yeah. um, because that's the only way you're yeah. really going to figure out who people are. Definitely. And, you know, to your point, Lauren, around remote interviewing is definitely only going to increase. And, you know, we, we aren't even back in our office, let alone welcoming guests, aka candidates to our office. And I'm not sure when that will be, mm-hmm. um, but it certainly won't be for, for a while. And we have had to very much adapt. And, you know, frankly, I've also had to get my, my team, our creative stakeholders on board with, you might not meet the person face-to-face that, that we're hiring right now. And that, that is a weird thing to think about when our, our, our team is still, you know, pretty lean and, and small and close. And, um, you know, every person that joins carries significant weight and, you know, we are moving things forward though at the same pace and interviewing is happening and we are getting to the offer stage and people are joining the team and we haven't actually met them in person, which is really crazy. And I didn't think, you know, we would even be having this conversation right now, but we, we have had to adapt to that. And, um, you know, I spend every day, all day talking to people. And sometimes it still is weird to have a, a Google Hangout or Zoom interview with someone. And we, we totally get that. And some creatives aren't necessarily um, as outgoing as others. And that's fine. And again, like Lauren, you said, it's, it's okay to be your, your true self during this time and, um, just be transparent, transparent around what you're looking for, what challenges maybe you're having personally during this time. And also, um, just kind of what you're looking to do next. And that's the best we can ask for. Yeah. Yeah, You don't want people trying to be the version of themselves that they think that you want. Exactly. Oh, totally. Yeah. And it it goes the same for your creative work too. It's, it's funny. Like sometimes when we hire freelancers to work on like Nike or something, they'll do what they think a Nike ad should be instead Mm. of like through their own lens. And like, it's like, okay, we got to get through this part until we get to the, you know, the real work, like the original thinking and the interesting points of view. So, yeah. Uh, we've been having a lot of conversations with kids that are about to graduate or kids, they're adults, but uh, about <laughs> to graduate college. Uh, do you have any advice for, 
for people coming out of school right now? My, my, yeah. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead, go ahead Lauren. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's been a really, I mean, to be honest, I have found such a mutual benefit in my interaction with the emerging talent right now, because, you know, I mentioned there's a river, it's always flowing. People are always ready to engage with me. And I've been spending actually quite a bit of time with, with the students that are coming out. Cause I just feel for them so much. And, um, you know, doing a lot of like sort of one-on-ones and, you know, I mean, I think, I think it's just going to be like, no one's going to learn resilience quicker than these guys. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, so it's, it's about being patient and about just trying to like roll with this and be nimble with it. And, you know, I'm, I'm going to go back on, on that thing that I was saying earlier, which is you've got to lean in on your creativity and, you know, frankly, like, I feel like the real work starts now for them in terms of for you sure. know, not making something for a grade, but making it because it's something that they believe in, um, or something that they're interested in doing. So, um, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of like emerging creatives that, you know, they say they're writers, but there's not a lot of writing in their book mm. or they say they're art directors and, you know, like their work is really safe and it's like really like basic. And so to me, it's like, look, ball's in your court. Now you're leaving school. Like you're going to have to find ways to elevate. You're going to have to come up with ideas for projects that are like no one else has done before. So, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think, I think it's really just about leaning in and being, you know, self-driven. Yeah. I, I echo all that. Um, my, my heart certainly goes out to, all of these recent grads who you know have spent the past however many years refining their their skill set to enter the workforce and now they're you know in this unknown period where no one knows what's going to happen next and similarly Lauren I've I've been offering a lot of my time um, to these students to give feedback on their portfolios to also connect them with actual creatives on the team um, to hear more about what their actual day to day looks like I also been participating in a few platforms like the We Are Next Coffee at a Distance program um, and we're we're doing the VCU Brand Center portfolio review virtually. I think partnered with you guys, Justin, yep. you're not working, yeah, we're excited um, about that. which is great. And, you know, we're, mm-hmm. we are trying to, to help some of these students and just emerging talent, um, out right now, but, you know, we, we don't have any junior roles open at this exact moment. And, you know, while a lot of these conversations are exploratory in nature, I, I never think that having a conversation for the future is a waste of time. And, yeah, um, you know, m- much of what I do is about the long game. And I'm, I'm not the type of recruiter who's here to fill a desk or chair in our office. It's about finding the right people to join the team, whether that's now, three months from now, three years from now. Um, yeah. I actually hired someone recently who I <clears throat> had reached out to when I was a droga a few years back and right. I'm hiring them at Squarespace, you know? So, um, it's, it's all about having conversations now that it's, it's about the long game. It is. Yeah. Um, totally. But totally. My heart does go out to anyone graduating. And if anyone is here listening, I hope you're all hanging in there and know that things will turn around and use this time to be creative. Like Lauren said, and think about the plethora of problems that we can help solve, um, through creativity right now. Yeah. That's well put. Uh, and then on the other side of the coin, we have a lot of seasoned creatives that have been laid off or been freelancing for a while and there's not as much work. Do you have any advice for them? And especially you have all this uh, <clears throat> probably less expensive talent coming out of school and entering the workforce right now. Um, how should they be positioning themselves or just, you know, any uh, anything they should be looking out for? Yeah, I, I think that um, taking some inventory, like if, if you're, if you're a senior creative and, you know, most likely you have an established body of work. Um, but very few creatives out there actually have a super well-rounded body of work. So I think taking inventory, I'm like, you know, gee, everything I've done is funny. Like maybe I want to, um, you know, write an essay about something I feel passionate about or, you know, starting to like really widen your, your skill set and your range, um, I think is, is it's, it's really hard to have self-awareness. Like that's something that like I've done some reading on, like, I think it's a really fascinating subject because people are really bad at judging themselves and being honest with themselves. So, 
you know, another thing mm-hmm. could be to like, you know, really ask people that you trust, like, tell me really, <laughs> like, what do you think I'm missing? Like, you know, um, like yeah. ask for like, even like, what's the most brutally honest feedback you could give me on my work? <laughs> yeah. And, and to be honest, like, you gotta be feedback, ready for it, but yeah. Feedback is a, is a, is a funny thing. Cause I, I think no amount of feedback is going to like make someone better. You know, I think people get caught Agreed. in the loop of like, give me feedback, give me feedback. Oh, it's like, you know, so it's, but it's that like really intentional, you know, I know I'm not a good judge of myself. I need someone like, you know, you have to like have this like intentional thing. Um, where you're like really trying to push yourself. So, I mean, I think that senior creatives like really need to do that. And, and the other thing I want to say is like, I feel like, um, copywriters can have more beautiful looking books. Like, I feel like that's this, there's these sort of secret things that I, I've realized. I could not agree more on that. Yeah. Yes. Like I've realized through the years, like it makes a big difference if you show that you have taste and style and design as a copywriter, like, <laughs> you know, get in there and make it gorgeous. Like, you know, um, so I don't know. Or I ask think for help to make it gorgeous. <laughs> totally. Yes. Yeah. Collaborate. Like, and, and if you're an art director that doesn't know after effects, learn after effects, like all those things, like, you know, that's the beauty of being a creative person is like, you are doing a job that it's basically infinite in terms of like your mm-hmm. ability to like develop yourself and be unique and be original. That's what we're looking for. So um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. You know, to, to add to that and I'll, I'll speak to Squarespace specifically, you know, we, we are a design, excuse me, a design driven tech company. I think that that says everything Mm -hmm. to creatives that it should say that if, if you are in advertising right now, that's, that's great. And and you want to join the team. That's also great because we have a campaigns team that is producing all of our conceptual advertising work, but you need to be design driven and you need to be a product thinker. And I, I see a lot of creatives I hire. I mean, Art directors and copywriters too, you you need to have some product sensibility to work at Squarespace and understand how our product and platform works. And sure, you know, you're not going to be working with engineers and product managers all day like product designers do, but you still need to understand how things work and how a a tech company operates. But also, Lauren, to your point, if if you are a copywriter, please make your portfolio (laughs) reflect some of your taste. Um, And I think that goes without saying for truly every role is use your portfolio as an actual piece of work that you're presenting. Um, I think, you know, that the better your portfolio looks, the more inclined I am to be excited to look at it. And, you know, I think that is a, a, a broad statement because we always talk about don't jug don't judge a book by its cover. And I think that's also fair. But you know, if if you are a designer and your portfolio isn't treated as a design piece like your other work, I'm going to be concerned. Um, and mm-hmm. I, I see this a lot. And it's shocking to me that people don't put more resources into making their personal portfolio tell a better story about them and their skill set. Um, also, it's a little meta because I work at Squarespace. A lot of people use Squarespace for their portfolios. But um, yeah, do, you know, do people that, get bonus points for having a Squarespace portfolio when you see it? You know, I get that <laughs> question a lot, Justin. I have hired a lot of people who don't have Squarespace sites, and that's fine. But now they do. Um, because we get two free comp sites for life. So I hope you, you should, um, anyways, yeah, that again was a little bit of a tangent, but like, treat your portfolio like it's an actual piece of work that reflects your taste. Um, I think for, for all roles in creative, not just art directors or designers. Yeah. And I think that's like one of the things we see a lot too, is like, I have a lot of friends who've been in the industry a long time. Uh, and maybe haven't updated their stuff in a while. Like you need to mm-hmm. make sure you're also creating current relevant work. And it's like all of the, the older stuff. And even for my own portfolio is there for the credibility, but like you, you, you have to continuously be making and putting things out there. And that's one of the dangers I think with freelancing is like not producing enough. And maybe you're freelancing mm-hmm. for a while and you're getting stuck on pitches. It's like, you mm-hmm. actually have to make work. And that's what goes back to the, you know, self-initiated projects thing. If you don't have anything that's as, as currently relevant and it's time to, to get making. Yeah. Totally. yeah. And I, I, I actually just saw a quick snippet from someone asking if they're a copywriter, how they show product thinking in their work. I, I just want to clarify yeah. here. I, I'm not expecting yeah. copywriters to have like UX writing chops or content strategy work necessarily. But, you know, if, if you are going through an interview process, I, I do want to hear, you know, what excites you about the product world, because you will be working on a new product launch and how we tell a story about that. So again, I, I'm not expecting copywriters to know 
how to um, or have product writing specific experience, but just having a broader sense of, of knowledge around that type of work. Anyways, just a point of clarification. Yeah. Um, now, Lauren, I know you were doing this <laughs> like I was back in 2008. Uh, the financial crisis all went down. Uh, do you see any similarities and, you know, any learnings from that time that you maybe predict might be relevant now? Yeah. I mean, this one obviously feels like <laughs> so much more intense. Um, you know, if anything, like I feel like it puts an emphasis on excellence more than ever. And, um, you know, I feel super fortunate to work for a company that whose product is, has such a good reputation and like our creativity is so valued in the marketplace that we were able to weather that storm really well. And, you know, like that's something, but in terms of like navigating it, I mean, you know, and, and what the similarities are, it's, I think it's just scary for people. And I think that if anything, it's like, this is obviously a whole new world and like, you know, no one really knows. Like half the headlines are like, we don't know. Nobody knows like what's going to happen. <laughs> well, and anyone who so, says it that they know is full of shit. <laughs> totally. Yeah. And, and so, I mean, yeah, it's, it's just going to be a really interesting few months. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, I'm just really like, trying to stay hopeful that it's, it's not going to get worse, but you know, um, yeah, I mean, learnings from them, like it's, it's interesting. Cause when I think back to that time and recruiting in that time, like Wyden was actually in a really good place in, in that time. Like we, um, you know, we were able to weather that storm pretty well. So I'm just crossing my fingers that this, you know, the case is the same this time around too. Yeah. Well, I found like there was definitely a dip. Like I was freelancing since 2007 and I felt mm -hmm. like, oh shit, this is going to be awful. Mm -hmm. And there was a little bit of a dip. And then, and there were tons of layoffs at agencies, which we're seeing now. But then when it all started up again, there was no one to do the work because the full-time staff was maxed out. And so I got, and my friends who were freelancing at the time were busier than ever because yeah. we were getting hired to do the pitches, to do the work and all this. And I was just like, holy shit, like this is, it was actually an amazing time to be a freelancer. Mm. Um, you know, I know yeah. there's a lot more people freelancing in the market now, so I don't know if it'll be uh, that much, but I, I think right now it's about setting yourself up to, to be ready for that. And when that time comes. Yeah, that's interesting. That's a really interesting observation. Like, because yeah, there's like bio rhythms to the business and, you know, also people's ability to, you know, keep going. And so like some people might burn out and like, we'll need to call in fresh thinking. And for sure. So, yeah. And we um, might burn out sooner, like all of us, because mm -hmm. you know, there's, there's a lot, to, like I cried, uh, last night I watched Michelle Obama's documentary on Netflix becoming, and mm -hmm. I cried like a dozen times for every little <laughs> thing. And I'm like, maybe I'm extra emotional right now. I don't know. <laughs> my, my girlfriend actually just kept looking at me. She's like, again. And I'm like, yeah, I, it's a lot. It's a lot right now. <laughs> Mm -hmm. um, so I think there's, this is a time where we're, and I think the companies, which has been really nice to see, I think companies are more in tune with the mental health of their employees to making sure that people have the space to make sure people are doing all right. Um, that we just wasn't really a priority before, especially in advertising where it's just like yeah. it's 24 hour a day, seven day a week bullshit that people buy into, which is not yeah. all the agencies. And I know like from my time of freelancing a wide, it wasn't at all like that which was such a relief. Um, but a lot of places, you know, bought, buy into that hype and hopefully this will be a shift in that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's so much happening at Widen around mental health. Like the resources are so amazing. Like I'm so, so grateful for our team. And um, there's um, one of our, one of our things we've been doing. Um, if you check out the WK studio PDX Instagram, there's, um, there's this thing called ask Kennedy where they have, a puppet of David Kennedy and you just ask him any questions. I would <laughs> recommend checking that out because it's so, his voice is so soothing and it's really, it's just him giving like advice and comforting words. And, but yeah, our culture and, you know, our team has just been so, so great through all of this. And I like, that's something that I feel really lucky to, to have like a community like this. So, well, it's like, how do you keep culture going during this when you're everyone's separate? I think we, we've noticed internally, like, it seems like it'd be kind of cool if we had a happy hour. And I was like, oh, yeah, we should do that. And then we've done one, but it's like, it's it's hard because we're on Zooms all day and then we get a little burnt out. Yeah. And it's like, how do you, is, are there ways that you guys are keeping culture going right now? 
I actually, not necessarily answering your question, but I was just talking to my team about this, that we're on Zooms, Google Hangouts all day. Like some meetings can be calls that <laughs> we don't have to show our face in every single mm. meeting. And while, you know, mm. it's, it's great to stay connected and, and I love that we're also doing happy hours and, you know, sometimes by the end of the day, and like, I, I actually have seen everyone <laughs> all day long um, during this quarantine period, which is strange. But in, in terms of keeping culture going, you know, we have an amazing experienced team at Squarespace who um, is curating and producing a lot of like virtual events for us. We actually just partnered with a customer to do like a virtual natural tie-dye workshop at home. And yeah. you got the supplies you needed, which is, that's so fun and, and great. I love it. I'm actually taking tomorrow off. Um, and I'm really excited about that. And, you know, yeah. I... I've only taken a few days off this year because the past two months I've been quarantined and haven't felt mm. like I needed to take time off. But I kind of realized I've been I've been working the same amount every day, which we have an amazing work-life balance at Squarespace. So I'm very lucky for that. But you know, maybe I'll just watch a movie tomorrow and maybe go on a little walk and that's great. But just taking a break and yeah. our, our leadership team is really ensuring that people um, are are doing that and feel comfortable doing that because we don't know when when we'll be back in the office and it's, it's important to recharge so we don't burn ourselves out during yeah. this time, even though we're at home and I'm wearing slippers right now. Um, and that's, that's fine. <laughs> yeah. Do you think this will change, you know, hiring in general, like before it was like, you no, know, we need people on site. We need people here. And now you can't tell where anybody is. Do you think this is going to change where you look for talent now and be more willing to like, Hey, we're in Portland, but we're going to be, we'll hire someone that's in Chicago or Austin and let them stay there because we've proven that we can we can be productive during this. I think we're open to that, but at the end of the day, we hope we can all just be together again. Like it, it is better when we're together. And you know, we we kind of vibe off of each other's energy a lot. So, yeah. you know, I think we're we're hoping this is temporary and that we go back. I I don't see a world where large portions of our staff are going to be remote, but we are also just open to trying that in cases that we need to when we need to. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we, we actually were um, in talks and in, in really thinking through our remote work policy before any of this even, even started. Um, you know, we, we are a tech company and while we do have an in-house advertising creative team, we also consider, you know, Google, Facebook, all the other fame companies competitors, and they have very robust work from home or remote work policies. Hmm. Um, so we, we have been thinking about this a lot and actually have a whole like team assigned to thinking through this. But I think, you know, the, the conceptual part of our creative team, so much of that concepting work, it, it's hard to do that remotely. And um, I think some of the best work is produced by collaborating in person. And we've had to get creative and adapt. And we've successfully launched quite a few pieces of work during this time, actually, which shows mm -hmm. that we've been able to, to pivot successfully. But, you know, we, we are thinking through this. And I have no doubt that things will change and will be more open. And I've actually personally realized I can do my job from, I'm, I'm actually in Bend, Oregon right now. And, yeah. you know, I, I, I live in New York, I'm based in New York and it, it's great having that human connection and interaction with candidates. And I do really value that, but I am able to do my job from anywhere. And that's yeah. opened my mind, I think in a lot of ways, <laughs> um, which I, I hadn't necessarily considered before. So things are changing and I have no doubt that we'll start to see a shift in just remote work in general. Yeah. Uh, this question came in. It's a great question. How do you predict diversity and inclusion initiatives within, you know, your businesses will be affected by the current economic crisis? Yeah. I mean, for us, it's such a huge priority. Uh, we care so much about, you know, having representation on every team as much as possible. And one thing that, um, will not change is that, you know, for every opening, we will always make sure that we do everything possible to bring diverse candidates to the table. Um, so we'll just continue to, to double down on that. I mean, we have great partnerships with MAPE and, and other um, organizations that we're going to continue to, to foster. And through MAPE, we've been able to honor um, five of our interns this year. Um, so we're just going to keep our foot on that gas. You know, I mean, it's yeah. something that really matters a lot to us. 
I, I certainly agree. It's incredibly important to us at Squarespace also. And I think it kind of starts at the top. Um, you know, our, our exec team is actually a 50, 50 split from a gender men to women perspective. And that's something we're really proud of. Um, you know, in, in terms of emerging talent in, you know, people like Lauren and I are the gatekeepers to ensuring that we are not just talking about these initiatives, but they're being put into practice every day. And our, um, our intern program is actually still happening <laughs> this summer, although remotely. And we're, we are really excited to say that we are a leader um, when it comes to DNI from a junior level <laughs> talent perspective and, you know, hopefully converting um, most of those to full-time employees, which helps kind of funnel the team at the, at the junior level as well. So, you know, we, yeah. we partner with quite a few organizations across the board too. And, you know, fr- from a sourcing and recruiting perspective, I'm every single day looking at platforms like um, women who design, ladies wine and design, Latin X design directory, mm-hmm. et cetera. There's so many amazing resources out there that feature underrepresented groups in the creative space um, that we're, we're fortunate to tap into. Yeah, that's great. Um, totally. Uh, we're winding up here. Uh, a question that came up, and I was like, "Screw it, let's ask it," because uh, it, it's not in your best interest at all. Maybe it is. Uh, <laughs> do you have any tips for negotiating with recruiters? <laughs> the other million dollar question. You mm. know, Lauren, Lauren, do you have any specific insights? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> and then I'll follow, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I I feel like. No, I don't. Like I like I feel like I feel like negotiating. I don't I don't find that people are terrible at doing it. Like I think it's an instinct instinctual thing. I don't feel like there's any like, you know, I don't know. Like maybe in other industries this is like a hardball type of thing, but I don't know. I feel like, you know, for negotiating it's like be honest with yourself about what the context is and like what the opportunity is and what you're willing to give and what you're willing to take. So um, you know, come in with your eyes wide open and, you know, um, but I don't, I don't really have any like revelatory, like negotiating tips. Yeah. You know, I think there's this weird taboo around negotiating and comp conversations. And I actually am very passionate about democratizing the way we talk about comp, um, and how it shouldn't be this taboo thing. It can be an open conversation. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think there's a stigma around, if you name a price first, you've got screwed first. Like that's not the mentality at all that I subscribe to. And I very much approach it as an open conversation and in a dialogue that, that evolves, evolves, excuse me, between me and the candidate. Um, but setting expectations at the beginning is, is helpful. Um, so Mm -hmm. we're aligned and on the same page and ensuring that we can get to, um, a kind of shared outcome, which we typically always can. Um, that's not necessarily a tip, but just be open to it and approach, I think the negotiate negotiation conversations as an open dialogue and not just a, you know, one number, that's it. That's all I want. And I think yeah, it's important. Absolutely. For, like there's a, it's not like a formulaic thing. Like that's like, you know, to me getting to mm-hmm. a, a mutual, you know, happy place is through that open dialogue. I totally agree with you, Chloe. And I think it's important for freelancers too. Like your rate is your rate say mm-hmm. your rate and then for the right project or the right opportunity negotiate down, but don't pre cut your rate now because you're worried about, um, mm-hmm, you totally. know, competing for jobs. It's like your rate is $1,500 a day, or if it's $1,200 or a thousand dollars a day, let that be your rate and say, Hey, but this project's really interesting to me. If they come back and say, Hey, that's more than we have for this project, but don't come, go out and start undercutting yourself now, totally. um, and devaluing yourself because it's just going to yep. do you a massive disservice. Definitely. Um, I agree with that. Okay, good. <laughs> the U S like, no, Cut all your no, rates. I definitely uh, agree with that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, yeah, people need to know their value, um, and I think that's like you know, it's a conversation we have a lot too, because especially women with negotiating for money, we just see historically, hundred um, don't negotiate as hard. And it's like if you're looking for a full time job, talk to all the men you know <laughs> and ask what they're yes. asking, and then ask ask for that or more because you know the men aren't afraid to ask for it. So, right. Um, do we have any last? tips, advice, things you want to see, things you don't want to see, anything for, for our listeners? Um, I feel I like, like you teased it all out, but I feel like this <laughs> is just like, you know, it's so good. Like, I feel like we're so lucky to have this community and, and that this is what we get to do. And I think, I think the biggest thing is to not, you know, not retreat into your hole without like tapping into that amazing creative community around you. You know, we all have each other. Um, 
I would love to see more collaborating and more, um, more amazing work coming out of that. Definitely. I, I echo those sentiments. I also just want to say to everyone, this is uncharted territory for all of us. Um, you know, we're, we're taking things day by day. I don't know when I'm coming back to New York. I don't know when I'm going back to my office. I don't know what the next day holds. So, you know, we're, we're all on the same page here and be patient, but also, you know, be okay with the fact that you might not want to be productive during this time. And that's, that's cool too. If, if you want to go and create a beautiful piece of work, um, that's amazing. If you don't, then take the time to recharge and use this as an unexpected period to kind of refresh and get rejuvenated. Um, but hang in there and feel free to always reach out, um, especially during this time. Again, it might take me a little bit longer to get back to you, but I really do try to respond to everyone. So don't yeah. hesitate to reach out. Um, and just really am honored to What's the best way for people to reach out? <clears throat> Um, I might what's, regret what's giving my email out? out right now, but you can email me. Well, do, you, at, do you maybe LinkedIn? <laughs> yeah, you know, let's let's do LinkedIn. Um, okay. let's do LinkedIn. Chloe Harlig can find <laughs> me on LinkedIn. You can probably find my email too, pretty easily. But let's let's keep it at LinkedIn. Yeah, so this is going to be a now. podcast too. You know, like well, maybe yeah. not figure your email out unless you really want to. But yeah, yeah, no, that um, is great. Definitely <laughs> LinkedIn and email. Um, you know. I, Email is definitely my go-to for okay. tracking my conversations. Um, you might get lost in the LinkedIn, but I am yeah, trying to get back to everybody. So yeah, just feel free to reach out. Awesome. Um, and just for everyone, uh, this is going to be on uh, Overshare coming out May 18th. So you know, if you want to share this with your friends or coworkers, I'm sure they'll really appreciate the insights as much as you have and I definitely have. Um, also, we launched a new initiative this week called the United uh, like we said at the beginning of this, having these conversations is really important. So we uh, set up a, a way for people to have one-on-one -on -one conversations with other people in the industry. So you can do the sign up if you want to talk to someone about, you know, your career, your work, anything, or if you want to help people, um, or you can do both um, and have those conversations. Uh, sign up at the united.workingnotworking.com, um, and we'll pair you with some folks and uh, hopefully help us all get through this. Amazing! Thank you so much for having us. This was really yes. fun. Yeah. Thank um, you for joining. I, I appreciate it. Thank That's you, been great. Chloe. Thank That's you, Justin. Cool. Thank you, Lauren. Thank you, Thank you, Chloe. Thank you everyone, Have for a watching. Have your day. A huge thank you to Chloe and Lauren for joining us today and sharing your wisdom. Appreciate it so much. Also, thanks to the 300 plus people who joined us on the webinar for chiming in, asking questions in the chat. We really appreciated your engagement, your enthusiasm. Uh, definitely made it a lot more exciting. And I hope for those of you listening right now, I hope you found it motivating and comforting and reassuring as well. Or maybe you're just obsessing now over which self-initiated project to make and launch into the world. That's cool too. Go get it. Um, if you enjoyed this conversation and this episode overshare, which I know you did because you're still listening, uh, please subscribe, rate, review us wherever you can do that. It helps other people discover the podcast. Also, if you know someone that's going through it right now and could really uh, benefit from hearing from Chloe and Lauren, uh, share this episode with them. I'm sure they would really appreciate to hear it as well. And you can also follow us on Instagram at Overshare Talks, where we put some of the best sound bites from Chloe and Lauren on there for you to share as well. Now, a huge thank you to our audio engineer and editor, Jesse Peterson, and the team at Second Child in New York City for helping put this episode together. Also, big thanks to Alexandra Massa, Moira Spahich, Amanda Wilkes, and Joe Viscotti for helping bring this event together. Uh, big thanks to Eugene Ong and Gabby D'Amato for the Overshare branding. And then Eugene killing it on the collages every single episode, every single week. If you go to our Instagram at Overshare Talks, you'll see what I'm talking about. He's done an amazing job with that. So hop on there, share some of those pieces, and I, I know you'll enjoy them. And also our theme song, let's not forget, is Let It Grow by Caleb Grow. Now, if you're an incredible creative or you like to hire incredible creatives, join us at workingoutworking.com. There are jobs being posted there. There are people hiring. We just got a bunch more young talent, a bunch of students from VCU Brand Center on this week. So there's amazing talent in there ready to work. And if you're in need, they're here to help. So thank you all for listening and I really appreciate it. And we'll see you next time.